Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I am your host, John Lauderer. Today I am joined by a man who has been dubbed by many as the unofficial mayor of the Asheville music scene. It's engineer, musician, and producer Josh Blake. From the east coast, the west coast, and in between. All my people's on the stages and behind the scenes. All the fans of the fans, y'all know what I mean. We'll get and I'm on the line with Mr. Josh Blake. Josh, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. Thanks for being on. Um, so you people may know Josh from his, wow, it's, it's hard to not know Josh because he's involved in everything. Uh, you and I never met, but I've seen you perform many times and uh, I'm aware of your work and uh, of uh Man, I've seen you play in lots of different groups. So. <laughs> yeah, well, man. Well, we maybe we have met though, and I yeah. just we don't. Well, we have mutual have we acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah, like Matt Williams, Ryan Reardon, all that. Those crews. I love my, those guys. We were just hanging groups. out last night. Yeah, for the show up for Sean uh, benefit. Exactly. Yeah. How did that go? I didn't. I didn't get there. Man, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It really was. And the music was incredible. And the salvage station um, is just such a great place to hang out right now. Um, it is. So, yeah. And, and everybody showed up. Um, yeah. It was a good, good old family affair. Uh, Sean, he would have been pleased, I think. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, hopefully he, he was there with you. Yeah, and man. I saw that uh, Ryan had turned that into a benefit to make a scholarship in his name at the school, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. And they ra- they raised, I saw somebody posted, they raised like 4,500 bucks last night. So that's awesome. Oh, that's Amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I saw some of the video. It looked, looked like a good time. And uh, the Salvage Station has really done a great job of creating a, uh, a more or less um, COVID friendly space to, to make music and to enjoy yourself uh, before it gets cold. So that's nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely grateful for that. Um, yeah, I got to play there last weekend, actually, on Friday, besides the thing on Sunday yeah. um, for Sean. But yeah, I love it there. Yeah. So um, you are involved in a dizzying list of uh, uh, organizations and musical groups. And, uh, you should go check out his, uh, his website because it's very well done and very impressive. A long list of accolades. Uh, so you're, you know, Thank you, bro. more or less uh, the, the dude at... Asheville Music Professionals, Asheville IMAVL, Asheville Commercial Music Enterprises, Echo Mountain Engineer, Producer. So we could we could spend a whole show on that. But you also yes. have a long list of musical groups that you're active in. Um, yes. Do you want to run us through um, a, a past and present list of groups that Asheville folks may know you from? Oh, man. Um, well, if we're going past to present, we definitely have to include uh, – GFE, which is also known as Granola Funk Express, and that's pretty much the reason I live here and have lived here for so long. Because um, I met a I met a bunch of folks uh, in the early '90s when I was traveling around the country who who uh, ended up kind of s- saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna hang out in Asheville," and uh, so yeah, I ended up um, coming down to visit them. I was living in Massachusetts at the time and uh, you know, GFE was already granola funk is like a rainbow kitchen and, um, and like a bunch of kids that were like rolling around the country and 
you know, banging drums and rapping on the streets to get from gas money to get from place to place and stuff like that. And uh, when we all converged here, it was like, all right, well, let's have a band. And so that was like the first band. Um, and we toured out of Asheville for probably about uh, 10 or 11 years. Um, and then everybody just kind of like decided it was nice to just be at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and so, uh, but yeah, so GFE was, uh, is definitely a massive um, part of, of my Asheville musical history. Um, the Tuesday night funk jam is, is something that I really started to, uh, it was like fortunate timing when that just started up down at the Emerald Lounge that um, Derek, who, who is kind of inviting people out from your mama's big fat booty band was like, Hey, come down play guitar and stuff. And then uh, that just kind of stuck because we had stopped touring and I still wanted to be playing music as often as I could. So um, been doing the Tuesday night funk jam for like the last 13 years. Um, uh, being the guitar player in the house band so that that's been a blessing um i got well i've been had a couple different incarnations of things i've done i had a thing called the big money band for a while um and then i had also well, right now i have something called jbot that's kind of what i've been doing for the last three four years it's like an organ trio kind of kind of format mm-hmm. um who's another so, well, uh, it, it was primarily, it was like Patrick Armitage, who was playing for a long time there with John Stickley Trio. Mm. And, and then uh, Simon Thomas George was the mm. keyboard player. Um, he recently left Asheville. So uh, Taylor Pearson has been doing a bunch of it with me. Okay. Um, Jamar. Mm-hmm. Jamar's done it with me before too. Jamar Woods from the Fritz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and my wife, Marisa, she sings with us at a bunch of these shows and um alex bradley's been playing trumpet a bunch Derek comes out and plays trombone sometimes so rotating cast huh yeah it's a little bit of a rotating cast for sure and and i i don't uh well especially in the last seven months don't do it very often at all Mm. but but uh now that things there's getting to be a little bit of spaces to play um we've we've been fortunate to get a couple Mm-hmm. a couple gigs in so that's kind of the most active thing besides the funk jam whenever that kicks back up again right for, and of course is, you were uh the curator of the Asheville all stars right oh my goodness that too mm-hmm. right so yeah. like we missed we missed the opportunity really to do that this year uh we talked about it actually with the downtown association but um they they invited me it was frank bloom who was booking the festival at the time he was like hey man this was maybe i think eight or nine years ago like i want you to you know if you could put together a band of just a bunch of people and we're going to do Asheville, and we're going to try to he's like i'm going to convince them to like invest in the local music thing mm-hmm. um and not, not that they hadn't before because there would often be local openers you know and occasionally local headliners too but um he wanted to get something that was kind of like celebrating the local spirit and you know through through being at the funk jam every tuesday um there's lots of jams obviously in town now and, and, but you know, the, the scene used to be a little less active and it became sort of a hub at least for a period of time there. Um, and so I've got, I've got to like run into a lot of people and know people. And also I guess just from being here for so long. So it was like, Oh, Hey. And then I had the IMADL thing that you mentioned. So it was like, I would see people playing through that. Cause we, we have, we're streaming shows at venues all the time. So I get, I feel like I constantly get to meet new people who are moving to town and, and playing shows and making music here. And so, um, 
so yeah they it really worked out that they were like can you kind of like start to and and i did and then it worked out the first year and then uh they're like you want to do it again and i was like yeah and then i was like well there's so many people in town so it's been like a red that's been a rotating cast every year too so um and you also had the uh, Josh Blake acoustic band. I know you have an album out. Was that also a performing unit? I do, man. I've, I've, I've only done a couple shows actually. Well, I've done a few other acoustic shows and then with that particular band, just, just really a couple, but um, man, that, that we actually was last night. I was talking with Matt Williams about doing that some more because mm-hmm. um, we were hanging out at the, at Sean's thing. And um like man we got to get that back out and do that again so yeah yeah he played violin right yeah he played violin he played this grecian mandolin on the record that sounds really beautiful um very unique sounding for like a mandolin type of instrument Mm -hmm. got kind of a a bigger more resonant body yeah it's cool and so yeah uh yeah that 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 was uh, yeah I, i did the acoustic band but i didn't um i never tried to put any wheels on it or anything it's a little mm. more uh it's a little more to wrangle the the organ trio the big money band too was a big band and then it was called josh blake's jukebox for a while and you know matt matt williams was also a big part of that outfit mm-hmm. too and 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 uh yeah we we did that for maybe four years or so but i, I really just um it's hard to wrangle like the seven eight person project oh, man, man. to be honest so so yeah. I was like, I was like, Ooh, organ trio sounds nice. <laughs> this, is just, this is just two people. We yeah. could probably just get it done. And, and, uh, so yeah, uh, not that I don't love all the people I've always played with and, and all, and, and all the stuff that we do, but, um, I guess I just found it a, a little yeah. easier to coordinate the smaller outfit and, and then occasionally do like the bigger thing, you know? Yeah. There you go. Instead of making the bigger thing be the thing that has to happen every time you want to play a show. Cause yeah. Well, the Asheville All-Stars is a pretty dang big thing. There's like 20 or so people on stage sometimes when you guys do that thing. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. Folks may know that from, um, it was a mainstay at um, downtown after five for many years. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys played at least once every year, it seems. Yeah, they, uh, they, they'd, have it, they'd have it be once a year. Um, again, it was like different people every year. Uh, I think we've done it, I want to say seven years, maybe eight. Mm-hmm. And it's always been uh, different folks. Some some horn players have come back a couple times, and um, but the wealth of 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 talent in in Asheville just continues to blossom, and and I can't even barely keep up with it, and and I feel like I hang out a lot, you know, and 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 I'm 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 like always amazed meeting new people, and then having um, the ability to for 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 them, also for people who've been around here forever, like you know, like Mike Barnes or like. Um, Peggy Ratus, like we've had all these people, you know, Woody, like who've been kind of like part of building what the vibe is here for such a very long time and, and getting to be on that stage. And then also mixing it up with folks who like maybe just moved here or they're like, like when Indigo was really young, she was like 16 or 17 when she was on that stage and, you know, things like that, that where it really provides a, a unique uh, glimpse into like, like sort of past, present and, and future Asheville yeah. music. I hear you. Well, let's uh, let's go back. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, your upbringing uh, up north. Uh, when did you start start uh, getting the music bug? Well, um, well, I was living up north before I moved here, but I actually grew up outside of San Francisco, California. Okay. Um, 
and I really started getting, I mean, I loved music when I was a kid. That was for certain. I mean, I, I definitely remember sitting like, you know, next to my grandpa's eight track mm. and, and cranking his eight track albums yeah. and stuff like that. And then um, I didn't really start playing guitar until maybe I was 14 or 15. Okay. Um, and then and what inspired you, know, you to pick up the guitar? Well, really, I had uh, had some friends who played it. I had a couple friends who played guitar who I, I met when I was around that age, and and they were really inspiring. Man, I still are. Like one of them for sure is like this this jazz guy in New York City. He's always and still remains to be a huge inspiration. Um, but yeah, so the, it was really yeah, just being around that, and then you know, getting into music more as like uh, a fan you know, and like hearing songs when you're young, but when you're a teenager, it becomes like, oh, now everything's so super meaningful, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and deep and whatever. And then so wanting to kind of connect with, with the way that, that music could be something um, that could help me express things, I guess, was part of it. Because I would I like to write, I like to write mm-hmm. poems and whatever when I was a kid. So, and then I got to, yeah. I think that's kind of when it started for me. Yeah. But I didn't really think it was going to be something that I was going to be really doing. Like I didn't attack it. Like this is my future. Um, uh, did you study it like that? Like study music in school or are you just self-taught? I did a little bit of, uh, I went to uh, college for two years outside of Boston uh, at a place called Brandeis. And I took a couple music classes there, theory mm-hmm. classes and stuff like that. But no, I didn't like graduate from any sort of music school or anything like that. I left that school. I ended up like just going on dead tour instead and, yeah. uh, and for years and just traveled the country. And that's kind of where I like met all the people who ended up, I ended up kind of settling into Asheville with. Um, mm. And so, but yeah, that whole experience for me was also all about uh, street music, busking um, and and, you know, the, the music was, I had my guitar with me everywhere. I like, traveled around forever, but I always had my guitar, right? So, mm. so um, you did your share of uh, street performing and uh, just getting around from, from town to town and seeing the, the country that way? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And Europe, we did some Europe time. Oh. Um, and then, and then uh, yeah, I had a friend who was like, they were all, these guys, other guys who had gone to that college and I had been traveling around and they were settling down to Western Mass. They were like, oh, we're going to start a band. And I was like, mm. uh, and they were like, well, you want to be in the band? And I was like, well, I was thinking about what do I do? Do I go down to that rainbow gathering in Florida or do I stay here? I ended up staying and we started a band there. So that was kind of the first band I was in that was like trying to play shows and stuff like that. Mm. And did that group uh, make any recordings or do any touring? That group did like regional touring around the okay. the Northeast a, a little bit. Yeah. Clovis okay. Point was called. Yeah. Recordings. Uh, there's maybe something somewhere. Okay. Not, a, not <laughs> online. Right. Yeah. And then we, and then, yeah. And then it came down to GFE. And then like, once that became a thing, it was like, oh, well, this is, you know, uh, at that point it felt a little more like here's a, here's a project that has some, some momentum and we already knew what it was like to travel and like get out there and 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 so going and doing that and playing music like just was a naturally made sense and that's kind of when becoming like a touring musician uh became a thing yeah yeah and another part of your career is um your um studio work 
as far as being a engineer and producer. How did you fall into that line of work? Well, um, man, I guess it was just kind of a natural curiosity. Uh, um, uh, uh, but the producer side, like the, uh, that, that GFE was a big part of that because, you know, we would make recordings and they would be sometimes four track recordings. And I would got, I got, I remember getting a little recording machine and like a four track and, you know, just playing around like now, now we were in a, in a world where you could just play with sounds and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I got the bug for it. And then through that band, uh, you know, slowly just started to kind of have things like I got pro tools when it first came out and, you know, I was, had an MPC, so I was making beats like, um, a bunch of us in, in the GFE crew were making beats. We all like got our little, you know, situations together and then we'd make some tracks and bring them together. And then like people would write to them and then we'd have an album, you know? Mm. And, and, and so I was kind of like into that part of it and like bought a microphone. And then now like this guy wants to come record vocals at my house and, and they want to come, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I can record my guitar like this. And it just was a, you know, home studio kind of, thing and then actually kind of started to build up a little bit and have some gear and had had a good space and, and stuff like that and then when echo mountain opened um i was people would ask me to record i'm like we got to do it over here this place is so dope and, then, and it just kind of like evolved it, i just kept bringing bands there for years and years and years and then eventually um the second building opened up and a space became available there for uh rent which i split with this dude named ben love it and um and that's kind of why but i just kind of moved over there basically hmm. okay so you're you're living in the middle of your work it's all, all the same yes. right life and work <laughs> yes yeah. yeah okay and um you have an album uh coming out soon called unemployment benefits uh and i, I guess um speaking of which you have uh, Agent 23 on one of the tracks. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I believe he was involved in uh, Granola Funk uh, Express as well. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. man. How long yeah, have you so, known him? Uh, well, gosh, I guess I probably met him in like 1996. And he was one of the maybe later people mm -hmm. I met from the GFE family because um, I'd been to some rainbow gatherings before where the kitchen was, but he wasn't at those ones and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But he was, I met him right before basically they came and, and stayed down in Asheville. Um, and they came and hung out with me in Western Massachusetts actually. And then, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've known him for, for, for quite a while, man. And uh, yeah, I remember when he started doing kids music, uh, I remember him breaking it down to me in one of my little, it's the same thing, like a home studio, like we used to record at um, my spot. And he was kind of telling me how he was trying to think about doing something different, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess I've, he goes by Skidoo with the kids, right? He does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, but I mean, we have a long, long history. I mean, like we, me, we, we train hopped out of Asheville to like Arizona one summer together mm -hmm. with our friend Shaggy. We've done a lot. <laughs> so like yeah and with this record where he was like uh i was like man i'm trying to put this album out i'm trying to get it out really quickly blah blah, blah. he's like no man i don't know i got, I got all the stuff i gotta do and I'm trying to and 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 uh then i sent him the beat and he was like he sent me his verse back and like <laughs> like two days later yeah I, I was like well, i'm just gonna send you this just in case you can get to it and then he's like you can't send me shit like that dude that's like rap crap <laughs> 
so, and so he just like yeah he tw- yeah so he he kind of set the tone because that was the first one that I that I maybe the second track that I sent out but the first one that I got back yeah, yeah. okay uh well what's uh, what's some of the backstory I know that uh, when the pandemic started you uh you made yourself a goal to to make a beat a day and I guess what did you just collect all the ones you like and send them out to uh friends of yours in the business to to finish the finish the vocals yeah i mean uh yeah that was kind of i i guess the idea of it being a record really happened a little a little more slowly in the sense that um i was really just like trying to stay do something creative with my time you know being at home more and i guess i'm a little bit yeah of a workaholic when i gets down to like oh i get you know doing stuff it's like i used to just be at the office in the morning kids go to school you know or like sessions if they have to happen I was at home a lot and I was like, you know, I'm just going to um, get myself set up here to just start making a lot of beats. Cause I, I've, it'd been a minute since I really just tried it. I have another whole album I, I haven't put out yet. That's like all beat based music. It's kind of like a, like a kind of like a gorillas style mm-hmm. rec- record. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I just, I just started getting into it and I, I don't know. And then, and then kind of like you said, I was like, at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to put this out like in, two weeks or I'm just going to put out one beat a week and just, you know, make like a mixtape or put together a Spotify playlist. That's just these things. No, then I was like, no, wait, actually I know so many MCs, man. I bet you people would be, I'm going to send these and see if anybody would be down to do this. And then, um, and that's kind of how, that's kind of how it evolved. And, and once a couple people uh, bit, I was like, okay, well, this is, this will maybe have some legs. So I just mm-hmm. kept, uh, I just kept uh, reaching out to folks. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I noticed there's a track also, um, I believe all my people and you do all the vocal work on it, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Is this the first time you've done a, a rap track vocally? Uh, no. Um, I've got, I mean, one that I've recorded is back on an album I put out a couple, like many years ago called Trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a track called turn it around on there where I'm doing all the vocals and it's rapping. Um, yeah, this one is, this is the same way, but like, I'm really just, uh, yeah. And then I'll do it like occasionally live, you know, uh, if the vibe is right or like somebody's making me, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't like for a minute. Uh, I actually have a whole nother record that is all, yeah beat beat it was like i was working on this one maybe 12 mm. years ago that's all beats and rhymes and i have it like half written and then halfway through i was like no nah, i think i'm just gonna do something else <laughs> i'm just mm. like uh yeah okay recorded, well, recorded the trees out and yeah well it sounds great and uh coming back to the unemployment benefits tune there's a video for this which is actually pretty sweet and um agent 23 uh, appears in it and uh did you do uh all that video editing as well no actually derek derek lee johnson did that okay from booty yeah. band all right yeah yeah it's cool man it really it really worked out well and thanks that, dude yeah but, i think he would he he would say thank you also <laughs> yeah and that's on youtube for y'all to check out there's a link here on the page for it uh and um i want to go ahead and run this track now this is benefits featuring agent 23 yeah what up, what up, what up, what up? Talking to myself so much these days. I got inside jokes even I don't get. You know what I mean? 
It's an unemployment. Number two, stop destroying the planet with industrial evil. Yeah, the benefits of unemployment. Number three, flush the clock down the toilet. Word, just call me Bugsy Fecal. The benefits of unemployment. Number four, the movement's like soiling. Green, I mean it's made of people. Now here's the anthemic pandemic jam for the extended fam. Grateful Dead and Kendrick fans. I understand how this shit got you stressed and bugging. Some cats can barely relate, like a second cousin. But yo, we still surviving. My head is filled with rhymes. I'm killing time. Singing silver lines, eating psilocybin. Just take a breath, you got the time, sure enough. Plus, the air ain't full of gas, burning up. I guess sometimes a virus can be medicine. How? Yo, don't ask me, ask the fish in the Venice canals. The Senate in house, we taking cash and sending it out. We spending it now, but the time we spend on the couch is more important. Brains contorting, thinking about how the system abandoned us like orphans, more like abortions. The hippies tell me it's all part of the journey. I say, y'all should have voted for Bernie and done it early. Yeah, the better. Benefits of unemployment. Number one, bosses are annoying. Fuck y'all, we're all equal. Yeah. The benefits of unemployment. Number two, stop destroying the planet with industrial evil. Yeah. The benefits of unemployment. Number three, flush the clock down the toilet. Word, just call me Bugsy Fecal. The benefits of unemployment. Number four, the movement's like soiling. Green, I mean it's made of people. Alright, here's where I lose half of y'all. I don't think there's lizard people after y'all. After all, it's like basketball. They just want teams to compete in the streets. And conquer, make us easy to beat. You say Bill Gates and plates that breaks with Doc Fauci. That rabbit hole sounds sweet, but y'all can go without me. I doubt these world governments all work together when they hardly work at all. Hell, yes, I smell a setup, but whatever. Snake oil peddling, federal meddling. I still believe in medicine. I'm a scientific method, man. Protecting my neck with a mask like Ghostface, cause I got no insurance. Premiums are co pays. This ain't the old days, it's about to go down. We need that blue wave when November rolls around. When life Give me lemons, I use them to cure scurvy. But just so y'all heard me, should have voted for Bernie. The benefits of unemployment. Number one, bosses are annoying. Fuck y'all, we're all equal. Yeah. The benefits of unemployment. Number two, stop destroying the planet with industrial evil. Yeah. The benefits of unemployment. Number three, flush the clock down the toilet. Word, just call me Bugsy Fecal. The benefits of unemployment. Number four, the movement's like soiling. Green, I mean it's made of people. I mean, some of y'all probably got that soiling green thing, but, uh, you know, I bet, I bet nobody got that buzzy feet with this. This is stupid. Inside, too much jokes. Inside jokes, inside my inside jokes. Got me crying like onions over here. The album, I guess, has how many tracks? 10, 11 tracks, and they're all different MCs on each one? There are, yeah, there's 13 tracks. Um, one of them is, uh, has no MC on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the tracks has two MCs on it. Okay. So I guess it's, I guess it's 13 tracks, 13 MCs when it comes down to it. Okay. And the one that's instrumental is uh, Silver Linings, right? Yes. And I guess that's a, uh, a sample of um, LBJ's um, inauguration speech, right? Yeah, sorry, F- FDR, F- FDR, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, is the FDR one, man. I was like, actually, that that is actually the first track I made for this record, mm-hmm. like unintentionally. But when I was just like, I'm just gonna make a beat a day, 
And, and uh, that was the first, maybe the second or third one that I cranked out, but the first one that I got kind of attached to and started to build on. And uh, yeah, it is from his speech. And I just started, I just cut it up and I was like listening to it. And I was like, this is kind of where we're at right now. I feel like a little bit. And, 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 and so tried to kind of like make a little statement by mixing his words up. Um, yeah. And then DJ Ramak, uh, did the scratches with um okay uh so yeah there's that and then jamar does the uh keys on that one and johnny durkin plays percussion okay it's a joint yeah. effort yeah yeah i was wondering yeah. who was doing the uh the scratching on there i was like oh man that's old school flavor it's good to hear that um, yeah was that on vinyl or the uh the the with whatever those newfangled cdj things are? you know um that was probably from some sort of sample CD okay. thing, but gotcha. I'm, I'm just guessing because it was from a speech. Um, but okay. yeah, I think that, but I think that uh, he does both. I mean, I know that yeah. actually he's like one of the oldest, I mean, he was on some of the very earliest GFE records. Oh. Um, so it was really nice to work with him again because we see each other around occasionally. Um, but, but this is the first thing we've gotten to kind of work on and it's, recorded in a long time so okay well let's listen to some of that this is silver linings this is preeminently the time to speak to speak the truth the truth and boldly this is preeminently the time to speak 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 the truth the truth and boldly back here with josh blake and uh the last, what up? the last tune off the record we're going to check out is all my people which we spoke of earlier where josh uh, handles all the mc duties and uh this one obviously is a shout out to all the industry folks who are getting hit hard by you know uh everything being closed especially music venues um uh what was the uh the creation behind this track uh, lyrically like for you uh well yeah i mean i guess it was you got you kind of hit the nail on the head with it a little bit just kind of especially um well i guess the the, the sort of like yeah shock and despair within the industry hasn't changed a lot there's been a little bit of everybody's trying to work things out and and figure out how to continue to make live music and and the venues and the and of course the the people behind the scenes who support it to try to get people working and, and again um, but how do we do that safely? And I, I guess the, the, the spirit behind it was w one of optimism 
and and but also just kind of like yeah just that we got to kind of be able to help each other out especially in this in this time um sort of a call to arms for the people working within the music industry to to make sure that they're looking out for one another right now uh more than ever just uh because it's it's needed um and then lyrically i guess throughout the verses it's a little bit of like just personal reflection i guess what i've been having to deal with and go through um how i've been dealing with it you know part of it this album is a big part of it i mean it's got the title unemployment benefits it's very much because that is a it is a benefit direct benefit of me having less work less gigs to play if i was <laughs> playing more if i was playing more gigs this album wouldn't have gotten made that's right um if i had more studio work it wouldn't have gotten made i would have been busy doing other things and so that's how the title kind of fits into it and lyrically on on this track um it's a little bit of personal perspective and then just trying to also sort of amplify some of the things that that we're all um experiencing and feeling and 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 trying to I guess state my role in it as far as trying to keep it positive and keep people moving um towards a towards a bright, brighter future with with the whole situation that we're in right now yeah it's a banger of a track too and you do a great job on it vocally so hey uh, thank you man let's give it a spin this is all my people by josh blake Behind the scenes, all the fans of the fans, y'all know what I mean. We'll get. Bye. 
my people's out there waiting for something to give. Forget my, Another day, making tracks for my sisters and brethren. Sound slinging, veteran peddling. Music is medicine, liberty. She calling, like let let me in. No more stalling, y'all. It's time to let it begin. And we're here to stay ahead of it. CA to Connecticut, we speak the real rhetoric. Repeal the Confederate love. That's the sentiment. I'm set to keep spreading it. I said examples over samples of my sentences. The future seems so desolate. We can make it excellent. My subject has the precedent. Eloquent, benevolent. Nothing like the present revolution with adrenaline. Stacking up the evidence to build something better than before. It ain't no elevator pitch. Time to get on the bus. Get left in the ditch. So let's lift each other up as the struggle arise. All my people coast to coast. Help each other get by. So come on. East coast and west coast and in between. All my people's on the stages and behind the scenes. All the fans of the fans, y'all know what I mean. We'll get by. All my people out there missing their gigs All the industry cats Trying to figure how to feed the kids All my people's out there waiting for something to give We'll get And we're here with Josh Blake uh, And speaking of which uh, You're involved in Asheville Music Professionals And uh, they've done a great job In helping out uh, local musicians Through the pandemic Especially with like meal assistance And things like that mm-hmm. uh, I, I took advantage of that a few times myself, picking up some food from the uh, the Civic Center, and uh, awesome. That was pretty sweet. That was a nice service you guys provided. Uh, how how did you guys get that together? Was who was involved in uh, helping you source the food and all that? Well, for that particular event, it was actually um, my friend Bridget Bolding, who uh, works for Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. and um, you, you you know this is just another testament to one of the reasons why Asheville had like one of the underlying, like, I know people are like, Oh, beer and, and, and in trees and whatever <laughs> people get attracted to, to come here, the nightlife of the hippies or the music or the art or the culture, uh, whatever. Um, but there's always been this sort of vibe in this town with people who are, are willing to, um, just kind of like build the pie together, not, not just try to like grab their slice of it, you know, and, and, and this is a great example of it where uh, a friend of mine who I've known for again, 20 years, somebody else who is a GFE family, you know, of Asheville person who's been around that crew and she works for Sierra Nevada and was like, Hey, you know, normally our CSA is like, has all this food that we're using in our kitchen, you know, for, but because we're shut down, nobody's here and we're sitting here harvesting with nothing to do with it. And so they, and she was like, I know you're connected out uh, with the music community. We want to, we want to do something to kind of uh, make the music, make the, you know, help everybody out that needs it right now. And so we just kind of connected some dots, her and the whole uh, amp crew and then um, the, the CSA over there. And they, they gifted those packages and we, we just, you know, facilitated uh and, and try to, you know, bridge, it'd be, you know, help people gather the, you know, promote it, tell people about it. And then of course go pack, pass out the, the food and stuff and, and find a safe place to do it. And this, and the, and the folks at um, Harris center are, are super cool and, and gave us the space and the time to do it. So yeah, it's a full community effort on that one. Yeah, that was very cool. I was very impressed and thank you for providing that. That was cool. Oh, yeah. um, and you, so you're also involved in uh, Asheville Commercial Music Enterprise, which is a licensing and publishing agency. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about that enterprise. Well, um, there's, uh, there's not a lot of news with it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we were, wor- for a while we were working to license local music to, um, to different people that would need it, whether it was like restaurants who wanted local playlists or, um, you know, we helped the CVB, you know, the CVB went and did did a hyper, uh, like a campaign on, on, on the Asheville as a music destination. And, and, uh, we, we ended up helping them because they were like, we need to know what kind of, who do we promote, you know? So we, we got, uh, them to license some music from local musicians. Um, which was cool because I got to watch the CVB write checks to like my friends through some little, like some little pathway that we navigated. Yeah. And that was with then I, that company is with uh, Jessica Thomason. He's over there at Echo Mountain and then mm-hmm. Mike, Michael Selvern. Um, we, we haven't done a lot with it recently, but it's still there. Um, okay. You know, at some point perhaps we'll pick it up and think of a, another thing to do. But I, I, I think that we all also stay very busy and i think we kind of created it in a way to to sort of serve as that service um for people who might have needed it during during that time Mm. and uh actively like trying to get local artists like placements on tv commercial movie stuff like that it's that's like a full-time gig so like i think all of us realize that we'd have to put everything else down if we were gonna try to make that happen um, hear, yeah, yeah. so for now that one's just kind of like percolating let's just say it's percolating okay and of course your other adventure is imavl which i think is super cool because um you know i'm a musician but when i'm not performing I, a lot of times i don't really have the energy to go out and catch other shows and you have it set up to where you know you have lots of uh, shows that are available online for view local shows that are online for viewing uh, and it's helped me kind of keep in touch with the local scene, even though I can't always be out there in it. Uh, and I thank you for that service. That's super cool. Um, oh, man. Tell us about the inception of that business. How'd that come about? Uh, well, um, I, I, re- I think the, the first conversation really was with me and, and my friend, uh, Tom, Adam Strange. He's actually on the unemployment benefits record too. Mm-hmm. He was um, one of the MCs in GFE. Uh, but he, we were just talking about, there used to be this thing here called URTV that had like, you know, sort of in-studio TV performances and they were on television. It was like a, you know, like County Channel kind of thing. Yeah, it looked um, like this. Exactly. And, and but they got, it, it, they, they lost funding and shut down. And we were kind of joking about how like we needed to do something. We're like, we should, we should just do that and make people play in our basement or whatever. But then, um, it, but then, you know, the Funk Jam was really an inspiration because, uh around 2011 or so 10 to 2000 and we started imavl in 2012 and it was like i was just noticing like every week there was a new band that was like yo we're moving to town and i was like dude this place is starting to blow up musically right now and so i just uh called a few of my friends who i thought could help like design or do something who i also knew were passionate about the music scene here um that's Scott Reese and uh, and Josh Reinhardt and Mike Selvern and then Adam Strange. And we sat down and we talked about what do we do? And at first we were like, well, let's make little, you know, video EPKs and for bands. So like some of the earliest stuff we did was like interviews with bands and just like post those to a YouTube channel. And our friend made a little website for us, imavl.com. Mm. And, and Tom came up with the acronym for Independent Arts and Music 
um, which is what IMABL stands for. Yeah. And it just kind of like worked, worked out. Um, and so, so uh, yeah, that's how it kind of started. And for the first six months or so, we were like, what are we doing? And then, um, and then eventually Scott was the one who, who was into streaming. He was like, he's like a taper. He would tape concerts all the time. Uh, but like so, yeah, exactly. So he, he had like stacks of tapes and he was like, no, I'm going to do the streaming. And it was like, this is in 2012, you know, this is before everybody had streaming in their mm-hmm. Facebook phone thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he was out, he, he did a couple of shows and then people were like, Hey man, can you come do that for us? And then, so, so uh, he and I started to look into how to, how to kind of make it more accessible. And so we probably spent about the first 18 months of IMAVL figuring out how to do these like remotely operable live streaming installations so that we can like, because we couldn't be everywhere. Like at first we'd just go everywhere. And then we were like, man, this is like work. Like how do you get the money for this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't just go all the time and like now I'm hungry. I don't have any sandwiches, you know? <laughs> so, so like we, we tried to figure out how can we make this a little easier and cover more ground. And we, so we set up these, Fortunately, from playing music here for years, I, I, I knew a lot of the venue owners and had um, good relationships with them. Um, and they were comfortable with us, you know, like putting up uh, cameras to stream in their venues. I kind of explained how it was all going to work and it doesn't cost them money. And we've been like community supported. Um, people can advertise with us and stuff like that. And uh, from there, it just kind of developed and like to a thing where... Um, you know, Scott and I are are are, are partners. Um, the business was built off the sweat and and work and passion of of like you know a ton of people who've been there for a year or two and left or like you know. And we really just have been kind of refining how we can deliver live music to people. Um, yeah, ever since we started, and 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 it was really in an effort. I mean, the real thing behind it is like we want to capture a, a, a part of Asheville. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like a bigger vision than that, but just like we want to capture and share this with everybody because this place is blowing up right now musically and there's so much cool stuff and like let's figure out how we can how we can push that places yeah. and, and that and and that's kind of the, like the passion behind the whole thing, but it's turned into like you know also we do all the and that like for years video production gigs we we've attracted so many um now they're like family you know like but cinematographers who already were like very like i'm a musician you know and, and a producer and engineer and then i don't know about the camp but we now i know so much about cameras and mm-hmm. of course live production and uh, producing a television show because we do that for you know pbs and and like and all these things were something i never thought i would get into but we attracted incredible cinematographers who were like so bored of shooting you know commercials and things like that they're like we want to do the music with you guys and then so like we we started to build stuff that was higher quality and 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 um and out of that we built kind of a production company and got hired for gigs like the warren haynes christmas jam we've been doing their video production for years and uh yeah npr and and widespread we've done and um just a bunch of different people uh around town and then of course having specialized in the streaming thing um, for years uh, now we we've, you know, been getting to do a lot, a lot. Well, I won't say a lot more because we used to have a lot more on our website because we'd have like four venues 
right five venues live a night sometimes but now it's a little more refined and just like the shows that we can do um yeah. and 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 continuing to push out content but also um you know we set up a pay-per-view thing on our website and we're doing two nights uh at the gray eagle with town mountain coming up here mm -hmm. and this week we you know we do this series echo sessions which is at a echo, echo mountain and we got four of those in a row coming up this week um yeah. and that and that is really just we were funded to do them once a month but we lost a few months there <laughs> during the pandemic uh, -huh. uh uh stay home period the studio is back open and um being well looked after in the sanitation department right so so we are um we are we are gonna do the echo sessions thing this week and i'm excited to get back in there with the crew and and uh and get a few more of those in the bag cool yeah imavl is definitely one of those great Asheville success stories and it seems like it benefits everybody you know you you get to get more promotional material for the bands uh, really high quality nice video nice board sound uh and then you know you promote the venue as well so you know and this is not just regional people are watching this stuff i'm sure people are watching this all over the, the country probably all over the world too well, we, we, we've gotten to do a lot of really, uh, a lot of really cool stuff with like little, with like, yeah. And we've we, at festivals and also, um, you know, the town, downtown association at the downtown after five stuff they've done. And of course, all the people coming through the studio. So, hmm. uh, yeah, the, the viewership for the channel is, is pretty broad. And, and then the PBS thing for the echo session series, hmm. You know, in the John Stickley trio, uh, Patrick was telling me when they were out after they did that, and they were like one of our earlier guests. Like we've we're doing, we're about to do like number sixty-seven or something, and they were like number number I don't know, dude, like eight or something, mm -hmm. right? At maybe twelve. But they they uh they said they they did the show, um, and you know, and then we did the PBS part of it, and then they went out west, and they had never been out west before, and Patrick was like there was all these people at our show. And afterwards I was talking to some people and I was like, where did you guys, how we didn't expect anybody to be here. And they're like, Oh, we saw you on PBS. And that's yeah. when I was like, dude, the whole vision of this thing to blow up the Asheville music. See, yeah. because like even just being here, it's not just about blowing up the town as like a, a, um, a, a place that's happening where it's happening. You know, it's more like, yo, these are the homies and let's figure out how we can, mm how we can get everybody elevated, you know, and, and how can we, that was really the, the thing behind it was like, you know, there is a glass ceiling in a small town like Asheville. And that it's just, it's just, it's going to be, it's a fact. I mean, it's like, you're not going to get the same gigs here. You might find in New York and LA, you know yeah. what I mean? Or Nashville. And I've seen people move just for that exact reason. And there's, you know, and I've also seen people from there come here because there's a whole nother chemistry happening here. But Besides the point, um, there is a glass ceiling here and uh, IMAVL really one of its main aims is to try to help the local artists, um, you know, smash through it like mm -hmm. the best way that we can. And when I heard that from the John Stickley uh, trio that they had gone out west and something that we had done with them helped them put seats in front of their music because they're incredible musicians. Um, man, that was like that was a real full circle. It was really rewarding to, to feel like we had had an effect on an artist's life in that way. So that's, that's, that's really what, what the gift is of that whole situation. Yeah. And how cool to be uh, hooked up with PBS too. Cause they're just probably one of the, 
the greatest organizations in this country as far as grassroots, you know, uh, getting, getting the word out there about the arts and I've always been a big fan. So that's, that's a, that's a big win for you guys. That's cool. Yeah. Um, cool, Thanks, man. Well, I'm going to wrap it up, man. It's been a, a good talking to you, Josh and uh, good luck on the album release. And uh, I hope it's a, a big hit with everybody. I'm, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. And, uh, yeah, man. Hope, hopefully you I've, guys can have a record release show eventually. That'd be great. That would be incredible. I don't know how I could get all those people I know, on the right? spot, but yeah. maybe we can just go down to the salvage station and listen to it on the big speakers. There you go. Blast it and put the lights on. Have a party. There we go. <laughs> cool. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Josh. Good night. Yeah. Take it easy. And that does it for another edition of the Asheville Sound. I'd like to thank Josh Blake for joining me. Please check out his many projects and his forthcoming album, Unemployment Benefits. And until we meet again, y'all take care. starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding it's gotta be better than just good or great it needs to hit hard like Bay Ruth at the plate from rock hip-hop and dance music to blues or pop hard bop and swing music you choose as a working musician I can truly relate so let's rap about your project and schedule a date My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more.